blacktop ends five miles south. Cross the tracks and don't turn back. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the January 29th edition of the Hugh Sports Podcast. I am, of course, your host, Jake Hughes, alongside the old man. Old man, how the hell are you doing today? I am doing great. What a great song, by the way. That was our that new is. intro and our new logo. Who is that song by? That is by Flasher, a local band here in Calgary. Uh, up-and-comers have won a handful of awards uh, from the Alberta Music, Country Music. Oh, come on. Tell them who he is. He is uh, a very good friend of mine. Um, I, I went to school with him, but uh, love to support people where we can. But Yes. Yeah. Speaking of support... Speaking of support, we'd love you guys to support us. Please hit that like button, hit the subscribe button. If you're watching now, drop in some comments like Dom and D already have. Um, Nice touch with the Flasher. New logo. We're rebranding for season two. I'm the young guy with the brown hair, right? Yes, of course. Yeah, of course. Of course. Definitely not the the old man in the old man (laughs) uh, part of the podcast. Um. When I'm actually, what I'm saying, yeah, when I'm saying uh, JQs and the old man, I'm talking about myself, my dual personalities, not you. <laughs> but we don't want to keep our guest waiting much longer here. Um, very... <laughs> we uh, have a friend of the show. He's been on, uh, this will be his second appearance. You can find him daily monday through friday on the sakaris and price show he is the one the only matt sakaris welcome to the show sir jake kevin good to join you again hope you guys are doing well glad to have you from rainy misty vancouver we'll call Mm -hmm. it rainy rainy downpour it's the same thing at this point right Hey, like at this time of year, you know it's going to rain, right? So we're getting Vancouver. all the rain that we missed in November, December this year is coming home to roost here in late January. But nothing can dampen the spirits these days of the Vancouver Canucks or their fans heading into the All-Star game with the league's best record. How about this guy? We spoke on the eve of the season. We did. And I don't think anybody had this happening or even any semblance. Well, no. I think if we went back and looked at that clip, I'm sure all three of us said, if we make the playoffs, we'd right. be happy. <laughs> right. And now right. we're at 71 points and 49 games. <laughs> no, exactly. And the playoffs are all but a guarantee. And, and you know, with the way things are going here with, um, you know, Jack Eichel out in Vegas, like we could very well be talking about the number one seed in the Western Conference and the best team in the Pacific Division when it's all said and done. I mean, sitting here contemplating a 16-game winning streak from the Edmonton Oilers, and they've made up like a couple of points on the Canucks, even with, you know, a near-historic streak here, and that's just because Vancouver keeps winning like had you know no business winning a couple of games this week or at least you would have thought okay they're down and you know they're due for losses here particularly saturday against columbus and the damnedest thing they just keep finding ways to win um we've been talking on the show a little bit how you know more recently it's kind of reminded us of the 2011 team where they don't even really need to play three periods and they can (laughs) win a hockey game like that's how good they are that's how everything is falling into place now, for these Canucks what, this year. What year did you start um, fall, start covering the Canucks? Uh, so the end of 
I got here December 2007. So 07, 08 was the first season that I started covering Canucks. Um, that would have been the last season of Dave Nonis as general manager. He yes. Was at the end of uh, the year. That was, of course, a non-playoff season after coming off the heroics of Roberto Luongo in the previous season where a sort of an ugly duckling Canucks team without a lot of scoring rode Roberto Luongo and Alain Vigneault's system to first place in their division. And then, you know, really the next year is when the team started to take flight. Um, you know, Gillis came in as general manager. They made improvement. They became a perennial playoff team. And then of course became the, uh, uh, you know, that uh, West, uh, the Western conference champions and that incredible year of 2010, 2011, where they won the president's trophy. They came back the next year and won the president's trophy. So um, yeah, those, uh, those were, uh, those were the days that uh, I tend to, I care to remember because as you know, <laughs> fellas, there hasn't been a lot of winning since then. And uh, uh, and this is the reason I asked the question is, you've been through the dark years, I'll call it, through the Canucks mm -hmm. in the last decade. What does it feel like now to be covering a team that's winning again? I'm just, you know, first and foremost, I'm so pleased for the city. Um, you know, just life in Canada is better through the winter months when the hockey team's playing yes. well and you know this city and these Canucks fans have put up with so much crap uh over the last decade so first and foremost I'm pleased about that secondly it's just refreshing being able to talk about a different story now fellas like it had begun to feel a little bit like Groundhog Day where you know the Canucks were out of it by well Christmas if not New Year's you knew it wasn't going to include the Stanley Cup playoffs you had started to do all the research on the draft prospects, the top 10 guys by, you know, January, February, you beat Bob, <laughs> Bob McKenzie to the midterm rankings. Like you yes. already had those guys researched. Um, so yeah, that's, that's been, that's been, um, that's been an awesome part of this year as well. You know, being able to talk about all the great stories like Brock Besser getting to three goals, like Thatcher Demko, Finally now healthy and making his bid for a Vesna trophy. Quinn Hughes making his bid for a, a Norris trophy. Dare I say Hart trophy potentially still as well, given the way he's uh, the way he's playing. I mean, five Canucks in the All-Star game. Uh, ridiculous. Uh, you know, most, and the coach. And the coach. You know, um, most players since the 80s Oilers. I mean, like, so... My goodness, uh, it has been uh, quite a story, uh, quite a year, and chock a block with fantastic stories. So it's been, it's been amazing being able to talk about all of those things and and not talk about a team that is playing out the string. Well, and how weird is it? Because you cover, I mean, you cover the team daily. The the fan engagement I've noticed has is still yeah. on that precipice of, well, when's everything going to fall apart? To <laughs> going on a playoff run. And it could depend on what the game happened the day before. It's the yeah. fan base seems very split on what's going on with everything. Well, uh, my old colleague Don Taylor has a great sentence for a great phrase. He calls it, you know, Canucks fans and impending doom. <laughs> you know, doom is always around the corner. The other shoe is about to drop. Um, they have been well conditioned for this over 50 plus season. So I do get a lot of that. I still see a lot of that. Jake is like, you know, pinch me. This can't really be happening. Okay. What's uh, the next bad turn that's going to befall our franchise here? 
Um, it's going, you know, needless to say, this is a, a fan base that has been uh, quite scarred over the years. So full wholehearted belief might not be until April. <clears throat> then, as you know, in April, your team's going to win, right? Like, of course, of course. your team's going to win. Yeah, you know, Everybody's picking that connection win in April. So we may not see the full buy-in in terms of belief until April. But, like, I got to tell you guys, the beginning of this season when we did uh when last i joined you on on the uh, on the show here was probably the most muted um start of season that i've ever experienced here in vancouver i think there were a lot of fans who were had zero expectations who had kind of checked out emotionally who were okay well you know some nice additions in the offseason but they're not needle movers like we're going to need to take a huge step forward and just frankly didn't believe that this team and this group had it in them so i guess it's also been uh cool to see perhaps the most dour most muted most um you know indifferent preseason and training camp that I've ever been a part of here in Vancouver covering the Canucks. So instantly change in that first week <laughs> when they got that demolition victory over the Edmonton Oilers to start the year. And then they go into Edmonton and Casey DeSmith stands on his head and somehow, some way they get a comeback victory against McDavid and dry settle. And the next thing you know, they're off to the races and now they're that little seed of belief was planted and they've done a hell of a job cultivating it through 50 games in the season here. I would have hate to see what would have happened looking back at that if we lost those two first games. Mm-hmm. Would have, would, could it have been the same old, oh, here we go again? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not sure what the player group, Kevin, but, um, you know, the market would have fully been, oh, okay, yeah. got to prove it to us. Um, but they had that, that incredible start. Oh, and then, you know, you kept waiting and there were a few little um, hiccups there, but you just sort of kept waiting for the team to come back down to earth. Like, you know, sitting there playing 700 hockey, like 700 hockey team, like what's going on here? And yet here, here they are 49 games in, they're playing better than 700 hockey. I mean... First place in standings points, first place in points percentage, most regulation wins, best goal differential. <laughs> so, you know, just go across the metrics there of, of how we gauge the best hockey teams. And the Vancouver Canucks give no quarter to anyone right now. Well, and it's insane because online, listening to the feedback, people are still asking the question, Oh, is PD playing through something? Oh, like Brock seems off, and we're we're seeing mm-hmm. dips and a natural season progression. Like we're not going to see Brock Besser scoring at the the torrid pace he was in in November through the entire season. Yeah, we also still have questions about Kuzmenko and the and the the second line of the top six. Really, we've got four cemented players as top six, two players who are could be top six players but aren't reaching their potential. And I know you're probably sick and tired of talking about it, but I do have to ask the question. What do you do with, with Kuzmenko and that top six? Is that what your biggest priority is coming into the trade deadline? Yeah, I mean, I think so. And I think so because they've indicated that. I think we are getting, um, I think we're getting into a scenario here with Kuzmenko that's untenable. And by that, I mean, he's not scoring. 
he doesn't particularly play the Rick Tockett style of hockey. They've been trying to coach him on that, and it just doesn't seem to be uh, something he's willing to do. And, Jake, they need that cap space. So if they are going to swing the big trade and get the big top six forward, then they're probably going to have to deploy the Andre Kuzmenko salary to get him, uh, to get that player. Um, There are some lower cost options potentially where you could simply add a player without having to subtract. But if you're in on Elias Lindholm in Calgary, if you're in on Jake Gensel, in Pittsburgh, you're going to have to find a way to move some money out because they're so cap tight um, that unless somebody consequential with a big salary gets hurt and you can put them on the long-term injured reserve, I just don't see any way of them being able to create cap space other than a, a dollar out, dollar in scenario or by moving Kuzmanko somewhere. Now you're around the team on a daily basis. You mentioned the two names that we keep hearing. Which one is more feasible to you, do you think? Between Kuzmenko and... Oh, you mean Gensel and Lindholm? Yeah. Yeah, well, it's interesting because I think some of it is a conversation with the coaching staff and asking Rick Tockett and Mike Yo, look, when, you know, how do you want to go in the playoffs? Do you want to go with a lot of line? Do you want to load up Besser and Miller with Patterson, or do you want that balance with Patterson centering his own line? If Talkin and company have a preference for Patterson centering his own line, then I think you're probably better served to get that winger in and, and see if you can get him a running mate, much like Besser's become Miller's running mate. If they actually believe that the best way to win a, a Stanley Cup playoff series, and there's been a lot of debate about this, is to run out that fantastic first line and then hope you can get by with the next nine guys. Uh, And let's face it, that Garland's uh, Bluger Joshua line has been extraordinary this year. So, you know, it it could be that they think that, that they think they have the depth and, and would be comfortable with the matchups. Then I think the idea is you need a second line center in there that, um, you know, we've seen what Pia Suter has done here on the wing with, with Miller and Besser of late, then you would want a legitimate second line center and then, you know, allow Suter to continue to sort of roam as a, as a hybrid and potentially, you know, uh, center a line um, down the lineup or be a winger. So I, I, I do think the big sort of deadline acquisition, and of course, you know, who can you get right uh, with what trade do you feel comfortable with? So I think the, be- the big deadline decision uh, involves a conversation with the coaching staff and just how exactly they would prefer to go at it in the playoffs. Well, and we know Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvin like to kind of set the market rather than be reactionary mm-hmm. to it. Could you see this this kind of break here with the with the bye and then the All-Star game being a time where that deal kind of starts to move the pieces and we get something out of All-Star break? Or yeah. Do we need more t- more games with Kuzmenko to to really get to that point where teams are willing to take a shot at him. I think we're um, I think we're getting low on games here, Jake. Yeah, I um, I would think sooner better uh, at this. Now you have time. You have another month if you do want to use it, and it is a thirty nine goal guy from last year. 
But, you know, this has been going on for some time now. This is going on for a couple of months now. So how much more time are you going to give it at this stage of the game? So, yeah, everything that we know about Rutherford being an early mover. And, and, and you know, I've always supported early moving in the past because you get a guy on the deadline, boy, you just don't have a lot of time to integrate him into your lineup. Like, it is hard to integrate a guy and get him the best out of him and get the full chemistry that you can get out of him with whomever he plays with, whether it's a defenseman or a forward in the, you know, 17, 18 games that you get before the playoffs, particularly if you're joining a team that already knows it's going to the playoffs and doesn't have that sort of sense of urgency every night that is coasting a little bit. So when you look at Rutherford's uh, track record, when you look at how long they have been through this Andre Kuzmenko business, um, you know, I think uh, it it behooves and points to a trade sooner rather than later. I tend to agree. Tend to agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And plus, I mean, I think the fan base would like it because then we could stop talking, and and I'm sure media as well would love it, so we can stop talking about Kuzmenko. Yeah, I think he's a gr- I think the world of the player. I think he's super great. Anytime he's talked in media, he's always been positive enough. But mate, sometimes it's not the right place in the right t- at the right time. Right. And that's the other thing here is like, this is a player the market fell in love with in part because the player fell in love with the market. Like yes. he was this very coveted, he was a coveted free agent. He came to Vancouver. He instantly loved the city. He's all over social media talking about how much he loves the city. Uh, he has this incredibly bright, you know, enthusiasm and electricity to him as a person and as a player you know, he's even fighting through the language barrier to, you know, to make us smile and make us laugh. And he has this incredible first season of 39 goals where you think, okay, this is going to be, and certainly management thought, this is going to be a cornerstone player going forward. He will be our goal-scoring winger in place of Brock Besser because Brock Besser isn't scoring anymore and we're trying to trade him and his agent is out there looking for a new home. So just look at how all of this has turned, fellas. Just insane. In the last year, it, I mean, right. <laughs> never a dull moment with the Vancouver Canucks. We had dull seasons, but now we're back to, <laughs> um, you know, an unpredictable, an unpredictable year with all sorts of subplots within the greater story that uh, we've really enjoyed discussing over the course of the year. The Kuzmenko regression and sophomore slump being uh, being one one of the ones we haven't. Yeah. It's 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 unfortunate, but again, it's uh it's been a great season, and I know we have to say goodbye to you because you uh, have. Yeah, I got out a couple here. more minutes, fellas. Yeah. Um, the only question I have left, so old man, if you have any other questions, go ahead. Nope. I, I, no, you go ahead, bud. You're, you're last one charge. I have. The old man here predicted that we would go nine one and three in January. Yeah. And I told him he was out to lunch. We went ten one and two. I was <laughs> gonna say I thought it was ten. Yeah, we went ten one and two in January. I was now predicting. Kevin, how dare you shortchange them? I know. <laughs> Ye of little faith. He uh, is now predicted in the last 20, how many games. 33 games that we're going to win 25 of them. Which puts us at a 69 or 694 win percentage, which is lower than what we're at right now. What are what say but you? But that also puts them at like 120 points if I'm that would be a, that would be a president's winning one team. would think one would think i mean and 
unless that Tampa team bought last year's Boston or that Tampa team from a few years ago suddenly emerges, that would be a president's <laughs> trophy uh, run. And, and, you know, uh, we've asked that as a poll question on our show, like, do you care about it? And of course, most of the market doesn't, um, you know, twice bitten on that one, mm-hmm. uh, both in 2011 and in 2012. Um, so, and, and in my sense, it's, it's mildly disappointing that that trophy has been looked at as a jinx or as uncoveted um, yes. or as a, you know, a marker of a team that's going to fall playoff flat because when you take a, a look at it, as tough as the Stanley cup playoffs are and winning 16 games over, over four rounds, you know, the, the measure of a team over 82 games is not insignificant. Like uh, that is quite an achievement. If you're better yes. than 31 other professional clubs over the course of an 82 game balanced schedule. So um, yeah, I mean, we'll see where the season goes. Uh, I guess president's trophy would just be the like ironic cherry on top, right? To absolutely nobody saw coming if they could hit those heights. And it's interesting because now it's, what is success now? We said making the playoffs. And, and, you know, Kevin, that is a huge, huge um, question. And one we were kicking around on our show last week, because I think for many up into a certain stage of this year, get to the playoffs, let the chips fall. Yeah, anything beyond the first round is gravy. Like you win the first round, and then you are absolutely delighted. You're one of the eight teams standing, and if anything else happens from there, full on gravy. Um, now I'm not sure house money applies with how good the team has been. Like there is an expectation. Yes. Um, certainly there should be an expectation on behalf of the player group. Hell yeah. Uh, management has talked about how they owe it to the player group to go out and get yes. a, a, another teammate for the playoff drive. A- and my sense is the market, if in fact we do get um, to April with the Canucks sitting on the number one seed in the West or, or at least the f- uh, first place in the Pacific and the number two, um, you know, now you're expected to win. You know, so we, uh, we kicked it around. It, we said you got to make it to the cup. Well, I'm of the belief that if you make the conference final in this league, unless you're a team that absolutely um, is poised as a recent champion or a team that has been to a number of conference finals and finals, that the Stanley Cup is the next step. uh, I'm of the belief that unless you fit into one of those two narratives, that making the conference final a successful season Two, yeah, league. I mean, 32 teams to make it to the final four, particularly if you're making it from the depths of where the Canucks would be making it from. And and really, fellas, when, when I take a look around at the National Hockey League this year, um, Colorado, Vegas, maybe there's one or two other teams that would be disappointed if they weren't in the cup final, like there are very few teams for whom I think you have to win it all or make the final uh, or the season is disappointing. I I think for the most part uh, and what applies to most teams is if you make the conference final and the final four as disappointing as it might be to lose out in that round or to lose out in the cup final, 
that's a heck of a season, and that's one you should be proud of. And if the Canucks get to either of those steps, dear God, I mean, this is a rousing success of the year. Nobody could be disappointed with that, given where expectations were in September and October. And selfishly, losing before the Western Conference Final might be better for me because I have a Europe trip planned because I was like, oh, it's fine. There's no chance the Canucks are going to be out there in the universe. I know. There's no chance the Canucks are going to be on a run. We've had to go over this with audience members. I've had to go over it with my my own family and friends. It's like this year, believe it or not, I might be busy in late April. <laughs> I, I may not have time for you in early May. There so will I be can't no plan to go to that wedding or to go to that <laughs> you know that cabin for May two four. I may actually be working. And you know what? Way. You'll be happy to be working. Yeah, yes. for sure, for sure. I mean. Particularly since, you know, once, God, there there are a couple of signposts in the in the season, fellas, that we have just dreaded over the last few years when they've been so bad. Number one is when you get past trade deadline and yes. you no longer have that to talk about. And then number two, when you get through the final, not just the final regular season game, but then the final year-end media of the player interviews and the coach. And, and you know, then they move into that, you know, no fly zone where there's like no news happening uh and you're just sitting there speculating about the summer and what you still have to do a show yeah like we're still doing a show who are you going to draft who are you going to resign who are you going to trade and that can be like a two-month process from early april until mid to late june almost two and a half months so uh, i would be quite quite content if we don't have to walk that road again um, this year and that if we're playing games through may and hey if we have to you know spit the you know uh spitball for three weeks in advance of the draft and everything that suits me just fine yes three weeks is a lot better than two and a half months right (laughs) jake and i were talking and we've decided that we're going to have our uh, go live on every playoff um, round mm-hmm. where there's a chance of either elimination or winning. Yes. So that people can see how irrational we really are. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it will be irrational. Right. Right? Those, yeah. Those, those are both the weakest, most insecure moments <laughs> and the biggest moments of bravado and overconfidence. Right. <laughs> 100%. Take the series. Or, oh, my God, it could all end tonight. So. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, Matt, thank you so much. Fellas, my pleasure. Thanks uh, thanks for the time. Always enjoy the conversation with you guys. Take it easy on the old man, Jake. All right. I'll try to. It's, it's guys, hard sometimes. Got to keep, keep him in line. No, exactly. <laughs> but uh, I appreciate Come it. Come on. And, I and you noticed we, we didn't ask you about the Team Canada thing. We left that alone. Oh, really? <laughs> I didn't realize that was on the agenda. You'll have to have me back. We'll have we to have you back. Yeah. Once there's once we get a little bit more information, we'll 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 talk about it some more. There you go. Shout out to D and Dom and everyone who's commenting there. Thank you for the kind words, guys. Yeah. Wish you the best with the show. And hey, we'll see where this story ends in the spring. We, hey, might, we might have to have, have you on. Happy to do it. Raising awesome, the Thank you so much. All right, guys. Be well. Okay. Bye. That's well, the that was like, people. Yes, if you do like listening to Matt Zakaris like I do, 
Again, they uh, put out a show every single weekday, Monday through Friday, unless there's a holiday, and then they'll usually do uh, an abridged version where there's a Karis and Price Presents where they talk to former players. Um, oh, they actually yeah. put they actually put their show out on holidays. Yeah, when they yeah when they pre-record something and edit it and put it all together, they actually put it out oh, on really? holidays. Oh, okay. I was just so, checking yeah. to see if other people did that. I wasn't sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> What a great interview. I just love having him on. He's so he's, just down to earth. He's like us. Eh? He's just a fan of the, of the game. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so easy to talk to. I always find there, there are a handful of, of people of guests that we've had on where I get overly nervous to talk to. And the first time, be, and you know this before Matt came on, I was a bundle of nerves. But he's so easy to talk to that it just it makes it so much easier, and I'm sure the conversation is a lot better. DJ uh, streams is going to go put his uh, his sweater on. <laughs> I see there's awesome. some 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 friendly banter back and forth. Oh, I see because Matt said hi to D and Dom and not Deej. It's true. It's true. Sorry, um, Deej. We'll say hi to you. Hey, he's he's the only one who's got an official Hugh Sports merchandise. I don't even have one. He doesn't. No one does. He is the no, only no. one. It's one maybe of the we'll kind, get, dude. One of the maybe kind. we'll get some with the new logo in the top corner here. We'll get some new merch. I would wear that. That would be cool on a freaking hoodie. Hoodie or a hat? Both. I know your affinity for hats. So yeah, now I think a we'll... hoodie with it on the like up here on the chest of the hoodie. Yeah, I think that would be cool. Just nice and simple. We'll get it in a couple of colors. Kevin on the sleeve. Yeah, no, we're I not going to put your name. We're not going to put your name on Co-host. the host. We'll, okay, maybe we'll make you make you one where it's just it's not even co-host. It's just the old man shows up when available, occasionally, occasionally on a trip and cannot be on the show. But it's fine. This Jay will fill in. This to the effing guy who planned holidays during the playoffs. Look, I didn't plan them during the playoffs. I planned them. Well, I did plan them during the playoffs. I planned them based off of uh, August this past year. And if you told me in August that we would have been in the playoffs and have a chance, not just in the playoffs, but have a chance to win the president's trophy. It's insane. I would have... It really is. When you think about the last few years, how horrible we've been. Um, when we I mean, basically, what did we do? I want the hat so I can leave it on during the national anthems. Brandon, we love you. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> you guys missed it. There was a rant at the la- end of last week's episode. Go back and listen. Oh, too funny. Too funny. So but, we're taking the all-star break. We're not taking yeah. the all-star break. We're well, I mean, this, this is our all-star break. We had Matt Sakaris on the show. This is our all-star break. Yes. Um, what do you Games expect from the all-star game? I, I don't care. care. I don't. I don't, even, I don't even pay attention anymore. I used to They're, way back when. I I paid attention when they when they first brought out the fan vote and uh, uh, John John Scott was it John Scott was his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scott got um got voted in by the fans, and that's why you can no longer just vote in whoever you want. That was um, hilarious. But that's because that. they that's because there was a story there that was actually good. A yeah. player who who was a, a journeyman, everyone who had ever played with him talked great about him, and the fans said, you're going to the All-Star game. To me, it's like the Emmys or the Academy Awards. It's a bunch of freaking millionaires patting each other on the back, kissing each oh, other's butt. I, it's for I the could kids. say other things, but I won't. 
Um, it's for the kids and it's for the. What are you doing with your microphone tonight? It's jump. It's jumping around on me. I don't know what's going on here. I'm. I'm it's like. It was it's, like he's gonna end up swallowing that microphone. It's gonna, it's gonna knock me out. I think is what's gonna happen. It's, it's like the these rock and sock and robots. It's gonna knock me out. So the Hughes fam is not watching the All Star game, but it's not intended for us. It's not intended, and and I mean this in the nicest way. It's not intended for diehards. It's, it's intended for media, um, as in advertisers, executives to get together, meet up, and it's it's for kids. If if Mia, uh, my niece, your granddaughter, was super into hockey. She'd probably want to watch an all-star game because it's super yeah. interesting. It's a lot of fun. But it's it's not something that I care about. Yeah. I, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I don't mind this break. Uh, we have um, 10 days of no hockey. Um, Allison is extremely happy because uh, this is probably one of the first years in probably five years. I'm going to say six years. That I've literally watched, I'm going to say the majority of games. I'm going to say probably 99% of the games I've watched, I've probably missed one or two because um, we're out or doing something yeah, else. Yeah, I was going to say, I even if I haven't been able to watch the whole game, I've been able to catch a period, uh, keep up with it, or then watch back. And again, I want to give a shout out to Sportsnet. I do, we do rag on the carriers a lot up here in Canada. Their recaps after the games of, of not just highlights, but big plays, fantastic. Yeah. They are definitely, definitely. But this is like Matt was saying after all the horrible seasons Ten we've had over years. the last. It's so refreshing to like, I had my old boss and I, um, we talked on Saturday and it was supposed to be a quick phone call. It was, I was sending somebody to him um, to buy a car and it was supposed to be a quick call. And we ended up talking for almost 45 minutes about the Canucks. Yeah. Right? Is he a and Canucks it wasn't, fan? And it wasn't. <laughs> is he a Canucks fan or is he just a, an no, hockey fan? No, he's a huge Canuck fan, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's been, it's been it's, fun. It's fun being, a, it's fun watching hockey again when your team's winning. And it's, it sounds silly, but it's been like, don't get me wrong. Even through these dark years, I've probably watched. 90% of the games. Oh, or if not more, right? If not more. But it's it was a slog. It was falling asleep at the second intermission because it was a 2 nothing game. You knew your team wasn't coming back. It would be hard for me to do this show because um, we started it... Last year. this January last year. January of last year. So... There we was a lot of storylines. We were pretty much out of the playoffs at that point. <laughs> No, not pretty much. We were out of the playoffs at that point. I was the one going, was, we can do it. We can make it. I remember. Well, this was this was the timeline where uh, Rick Tockett was introduced as head coach. Like a, yeah, like was, last yeah. week, I think, was his, was his full one year. Yeah. So can you imagine having to have covered the Canucks and do a daily talk show where all you're talking about is what can we do to fix it? Well, that's why, I, again, I applaud Matt Zakaris and, and Blake Price. Like, they've had to, and I, and I don't say had to, but they've wanted to branch out and talk about other sports because there's some positive stories out there. There's something that's not watching a team that's just disappointing every night. Yeah. Like, you've got the BC Lions, you've got the White Caps, but they branched out into golf and into F1 because it was just, you needed something to fill the time. Like, 
again, we did January, February, March, part of April, like the first week of April last year, three and months of Canucks talk. One show a week. One show a week. And we were running out of things to talk about where it's just like the Canucks suck. This is the drama that's going on. Let's wrap it up. <laughs> okay. So that's a five minute show. Have right, a good like, night. Exactly. <laughs> really, that's what it was. We do, and don't get me wrong. We're very good at dragging things out. That shouldn't be, we have, we, th- there are very few gifts that we have, but the we gifts can that make we a have very long. We could, we can make any story long. We could make a one second story, uh, an hour <laughs> co- conversation. <laughs> but again, I have to click on the chat again. Cause I'm sure people are going to comment about. That. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. But 49 games played 11 losses and five overtime losses. 16 losses in 49 games. It's insane. Insane. We haven't lost double digits at home, which is unheard of at this point of the year, the last 10 years. Brandon is just, how do you put up with Brandon on a regular basis? I don't. He, he'll okay. tell you that. I don't. Sometimes okay. there are days where, and literally, and, and I mean this in a nice way, there are days where he, he calls, I'm just like, no, not today. No, you're like, I can't deal with your energy today. He says, if you miss two games, that's 96% of the games, actually. Well, la da Mr. Math Major. Why don't you go do math? Go math somebody. Design your hats. Go go design your hats that you can wear during the national goddamn anthem. Do we have diapers to change or something? Um, Is there another baby on the way soon? We're not, this, is, this is not our personal lives podcast. <laughs> This is still our, 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 our Canucks podcast and these okay. lines. Um, something I want to talk about that we didn't get to with uh, Mr. Sakaris. Yeah. But I want your thoughts on. So moneypuck.com, that's where I get all of our advanced stats for, for when we talk about things. To win the cup, the Carolina Hurricanes are number one. And they have a 10.8% chance. Really? You got you to gotta remember that it's all taking into account who they're facing. Throughout the playoffs, who they could be facing, yeah, okay, who they yeah. could be, who they could be facing, their winning records, their losing records against those teams, and then projecting, the Canucks are number two at ten point seven percent. Wow, we have a ninety nine point nine eight percent chance to make the playoffs, a sixty five point three percent chance to make the second round. Does it, do they go into a percent of President Trophy? Um, they do not first in the league. They do not. They have no. first in division, um, which we have the highest odds of finishing first in the division at 80.3%. Wow. That's not that's not highest in the Pacific. That is highest in the NHL. The next closest team is Boston, who's 66.3% chance. Wow. We have a 14% chance better than Boston, who, again, is one of those teams where if they don't make the second round of the playoffs, that's considered a failure. And that was oh, coming into the season. There, there's going to be huge changes if Boston loses in the first round again. They have a 99.94% chance to make the playoffs. We have a 99.98. So basically, we could literally win one game the rest of the year. <laughs> Do the math, Brandon. Yeah, math, math that, Brandon. <laughs> Guy. Um... It's wild. I, I have no, there's like, I don't even have words to describe. It's literally, it's been such a, um, it's been such a weird year because we keep saying like, 
they can't keep this up. They can't keep this pace that they've been playing. At they, this point, it's impossible. They're not going to be able to keep it up. We said that in when did the season start? Well, you what? September. September. We said it in October. We said it in November. We said it in December. We're saying it in January. But now we're looking at it going, okay, I'm saying they're going to win 25 more games. And that's not out of the question. That's literally playing down uh, uh, 5% from what they're playing, which is yeah. within the average, which is like a winning team is going to go up and down about five, 7 to 5% of your win percentage. Right? So it's... Think about it. We could end up with 120 points. We said 90. <laughs> 92. I said 92.5. And I looked at the clip today because I wanted to make sure. And Matt Sakara said, I'm probably taking the under. If you're put if you're making me say if you're making me say shoot, make it pick, I'm taking the under. No, I wanted I should have brought this up because that was the one question he didn't want you to ask. <laughs> During that first interview, don't you dare ask me that question. No, he said, don't ask me if the Canucks are going to make the playoffs. Yes. And I know Mr. Sakaris well enough by listening to him and and being a, a write-in to the show for different segments, that if you word things properly, not only will he um, answer it, but he'll also respect you for using the proper wording. And that's why I worded it the way I did. That's awesome. Um, we've talked about it before, but it's something else I want to bring attention to, um, shooting percentage for this team, because (laughs) it's insane. 12% is usually, is, is the average for the NHL or was last year, 12 point something percent. We have in no particular order, actually there is a particular order and I'll, I'll, I'll explain it after. We have Andre Kuzmenko shooting at a 12.7%. Carson Soucy, Elias Pettersson, Dakota Joshua, Pia Suter, Sam Lafferty, JT Miller, Brock Besser, and Nils Hoaglander. That's nine players. Nine of them. At a higher shoot shot percentage than the league average was last year. You run out of adjectives um to describe this team um overachievers just keeps coming to my head um but are they are there i mean when do we have to stop the as matt said the doomsday scenario and ex- just say this team is this damn good the Oilers have won 16 straight games in a row. 16 they, in a row. And they and haven't caught us. 12 points back from us. With, like, yes, they have three games in hand. I don't care. I'm sorry. Like, at that point, I don't care. They could win. We could lose the three. They could win the three. And they're still not close to us. They're still like, six points back. With 33 and, games to play. And I was gonna say, and it's it's not a easy thing to come back from. Six points, like oh, that's six points with only thirty three games. That's a huge jump. That's the difference of playing. I th- like doing the math quickly here. That's a difference of playing at like a seven fifty versus a six twenty. Yeah, win percentage. That's huge. It's huge. 
we dug last year the Canucks dug a massive hole for themselves in the first 10 games. Yep. And everybody said, that's it. They're done. The Oilers did the same thing. Now they've gone on a run. Like they, they did, have, they did what we said seen. we needed to do as go, and go 16 in a row. Right. Um, they've put themselves in a playoff spot. But if you go back and you look at your uh, moneypuck.com at the beginning of the year, Oilers were supposed to be one of the top teams. The Oilers are where they are supposed to be. To be honest, like the Oilers right now, looking at the standings, that's where the Oilers were expected to be by the experts, by the advanced stats math. See, I always, I I kept hearing that they were going to be one of the top teams. They're expected to take it all. They're they're expected to take hundred percent. They're expected to take it all, but in the regular season, they've never been a great regular season team. They've they've they're not the Toronto Maple Leafs who can can go on these hundred hundred and ten point uh, seasons and then fall apart in the playoffs. Yeah, the Pacific was supposed to be a decently competitive, um, if not weak division. We Guess still what? are. We we still are. But if you told me Vancouver was going to be at the top of that and Vegas was the one sliding out and LA fell, falls off a cliff. Look at the, I mean, we're literally tied for first place. We, we have the, um, we have the tiebreaker. Tie, we have the tiebreaker. So we're yeah. literally in first place. At the all-star break. At the all-star break. It's insane. It's, we keep saying it and we're, and we're just repeating ourselves and repeating ourselves. So, um, I'm going to say it. This team's for real. Um, I made a post the other day. Um, we kept saying, oh, don't get too excited. Oh, it's just December. Don't get too excited. It's January. Don't get too excited. Well, guess what, folks? It's the All-Star break. That used to be the thing was, let's see where you are at the All-Star break. Well, guess what, folks? We're number one. The All-Star break. Where's Winnipeg? Everybody... It drove me nuts when Winnipeg went on that run and they were in first place in the league and everybody was saying, oh, look at Winnipeg. Also, I also, well, the Canucks haven't played Winnipeg. No, Winnipeg hasn't played the Canucks, motherfuckers. I'm sorry. (laughs) I hated that. Well, they haven't played, they haven't played the the Canucks, the the, the Jets. They, they, They haven't played the Jets yet. The Jets haven't played us. We're at the point right now where it's, it's not that they haven't played us. It's we haven't played you. Yes. <sighs> Sorry, I'm just going to give Jake a second to read this nonsense. Oh, I already read it. I already read it. Nonsense. Is- nonsense. Don't tell me we're lucky because we didn't get hurt. That's a silly statement. That's just silliness. We're damn good. We're just that damn good. And you know what? I can say it. I've been a fan for 50 plus years. This is one of the best teams I've ever seen on the ice for the Canucks. Without fail. Would you agree, Jake? He's off in the land somewhere. I think, it's can, I think it's close to being one of the best teams that the Canucks have ever put on the ice. It's, I mean, I guess, I guess West, to, to, to 2011. I, 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 again, I think the Sedin, that, that, that team was 
better after the trade deadline than this team is right now. I think if you put the early season of 2011 versus the early season of this team, I think this team puts a run for their money. And that has nothing to say, bad to say about poor Sedins or anyone on that team or Kessler or Bieksa. But I'm sorry, Bieksa is not Quinn Hughes. No. End of story. Ham Hughes, not Quinn Hughes. No. Ham Hughes and Bieksa, not, not Phil Horonic. Not... I've watched a lot of hockey, just Canucks. And then I watched just one game, the, um, oh, the Battle of Alberta. It was Calgary versus Edmonton um, the last time they played there. And it was so slow. It was like, I was watching it going, is it just me or is this game way slower than any Canuck game? And then the I watched the Canuck, the next Canuck game and it was... Holy shit. Yeah, we're fast. Yeah. So, <laughs> we're damn good. That's a, that's, what more can I say? We're damn good. What are you doing? I'm trying to find a stat here just to just to put people in their place. There's nothing worse than when you're talking to someone and they're doing this. I am listening. <laughs> I am listening. Let's not... Anybody watching, does it look like Jake's actually listening to me? Does he actually listen? I don't think he's listening, folks. I don't know. I'm just going to babble until he finds this nonsensical stat of his. NHL injury summary, 2022-23-24. Okay. How many, how many man games lost do you think we have? Oh, I have no idea. So just for those who don't understand what man games lost is, is for every time a player is out of the lineup due to injury, that counts as one game lost. So if you have five players out for one game, you've lost five man games. Yeah. Just for ease of uh ease of potential. The Canucks have lost 167 games to injury. So far, to injury. And okay. this was posted uh, just to be clear, this was posted uh, January 27th, so 2 days ago. Okay, now what about Winnipeg? Uh, wait, no, no. No, no. You want to talk about the, the, we were talking about this weak division with the Stanley Cup champions, and you're also not taking into the injury into consideration. Edmonton Oilers, 49. Hmm. Winnipeg, 122. Still oh, so, lost more. So Winnipeg, um, Winnipeg, hold on, hold on. So math, my math is, I, I just do simple math. I don't do that fancy stuff that yep. surveyors do. Four, two, two. That's four, uh, 45 game difference. Yep. Uh, Calgary's only lost 123. Oh. Huh. Um, Arizona's so lost 143. So, you know, we're still beating them there. Um, <laughs> so this, this notion of good players, it, it doesn't matter. Oh no, wait, it does. I have that stat in front of me too. Thanks for bringing that up, Brandon. Let's see. Um, Calgary has a slightly lower, um, <laughs> A uh, cap hit of injured player. Uh, Vancouver has four million dollars of cap hits per injured player. <laughs> what does Winnipeg have? Uh, they had slightly less, three point six. Oh, oh, so good. Hmm, math yeah. says simple math. It's I just do that simple math shit. <sighs> the narratives that come up, and and it's 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 always fun because I, that's why I'm so into stats because and it, it's it, it's all fan bases it's all people is that we always are like oh well but this is the reason why stats don't lie i'm sorry look at the stats 
There's one reason why. Just because you you're. Over- <laughs> <laughs> There's one reason. Listen up. There's one reason and one reason only why the Canucks are on top of the league. What's that reason, Jake? They're the best fucking team in the league right now. They're Thank scoring you. more goals. They're stopping all. They're stopping being scored on. End of story. Thatcher Demko, if he's if he's not even nominated for a Vesna this year, is is a fucking joke. Quinn Hughes better than Adam Fox. Better than um th- this year of Kale McCarr. Better than any other defenseman in the league. By leaps and bounds, just this year. Well, that's what we can go by. He's been he's been better defensively. He's been better uh, offensively. He's been better in the neutral. Six seventeen game win streak. They started the season. Sorry, this this has turned into a, a conversation. <laughs> this has turned into a conversation with the chat. So please, if you're watching live, please do chime in. Brian Elliger said seventeen game win streak says otherwise. If talking right now, it's only sixteen. By the way, 16, don't give him an He did extra. correct it right away. He did correct it right away. But you're right. A seventeen game win streak or sixteen game win streak. And, and still 12 still, points behind. They still haven't caught us. Again, they, this was something I wanted to get to points. later in the show, but we did better than the old man predicted. We've lost three games, three games since the new year. Two of them we got a point out of. Oh, but Edmonton hasn't lost any. Okay. Let's go back to November and, and compare the two teams. We were clearly a better team. Let's go, to de- let's go, let's game, go to December. Be, let's go to... They've 13 games, and if they won 13 games, and we won, they gained two points? Three points. Is that four points? Uh, if we won, they won 13 games, right? So, uh, and we got, we got 22 points, and they got 26 points. They gained four points on us. It's only 33 games left. They ain't going to do it. It's three more games than the Oilers. Okay, so so uh, let's go. Let's go back here. For the entire season, the Canucks are the best team in the league as it stands on November on January 29th. I said November 29th. <laughs> so let's say, let's just say, uh, at six fifty six is what the when or what. Um, uh, what Edmonton. Edmonton is at? They they win their two games. Okay, so they win two more games. That puts them at uh, the same amount of games played, and they're at sixty one points. What are we? We're at, at seventy one points. That's a five game swing. They dug themselves just like the Canucks did last year. They dug themselves too big of a hole. Um, they're. They'll make they're, the playoffs, and they'll probably make the do playoffs, very and that's well. a scary thing. To be I, very honest, I hope we don't play them in the first round. No, we won't. There's no way. And don't say no way, because if Vegas, if Vegas is able to turn it on, or uh, the Kings, I think, have, have decided to, to fall apart. But That would be terrifying if we have to play Edmonton in the first round. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm, it's the only team I'm, I'm really scared of right now in the first round. So, what else do you want to talk about? Should we talk about the Royal Rumble? We well, I was going to say, the, the only other thing I want to talk about before we get into the turnbuckle segment uh, is 
The rest of 2023, you have predicted 25, 8, and 3. And since last week, we've gone 2, 0, and 1. We are on track to to be at that. Uh, We're going to be doing this throughout the entire um, uh, the rest of the season. So, um, yeah, that's that's that for hockey talk. There's nothing. There's no news in the CFL that I that I'm aware of. Bunch of small moves and things. They still haven't come back to us about the AB four. They're being chicken. Um, They. I honestly think they think. If they it'll just don't say anything, it'll go away. But yep. uh, there's a couple shows out there. I'm not going to mention them, Rod Peterson and ourselves. So I keep bringing it up. And um, so we should. We deserve answers. If I'm an Edmonton fan, if I'm an Elks fan, um, I would I would be irate that nothing's been said. Yet. I've, They're still saying nothing. It's amazing to me. It's amazing. We keep trying, folks. We're going to keep trying. Um, when we get a response, we will let you know. Um, yes, that is actually something. Thank you, Brandon. Brandon brought this up earlier. We are at the All-Star break. And there are eight 30-goal scorers in the league right now. including really? Including Brock Besser, which is absolutely fantastic. And I think um, wow. if you followed... If you followed Brock Besser's career outside of hockey, just the personal stuff that he's gone through, what a, what a year have happened to another guy, a nicer guy. Um, what a year he's had. And again, 30 points um, or 30 goals, not just points, 30 goals. And we're at 49 games played. So he's broken records, personal records, but like, Again, like I was saying, I was talking with Brandon earlier today, and we have eight players that have scored 30 goals or more in the league already at 49 games played or so. Is there a stat that where that has happened in the past? Um, I meant to look it up, and then I got distracted, and um, I will put something together either for next week or maybe I'll make an article for HughSports.ca. Because that's got to um, be a, that's got to go back to like into the eighties. Well, and then you've, but not just that. You've got so you've got the players who have already hit forty or thirty goals. You've got Austin Matthews who's already hit forty goals, and then you've got three players, including Elias Pettersson at twenty-seven, and a couple more, two more players at twenty-five. So realistically, like going through a lot of these players, you're going to be looking at 30, 30 goal scorers this year. And games have been higher scoring in the recent years. And it's something that uh, I want to go back and look at the stats and see how often has that happened? How many times have we gotten to an all-star break with this many 30 goal scorers? It's I'm telling you, it's got to be back into the eighties. It's yeah, it's been wild. So right. that is something I want to, I, I want to take a deeper dive into and why I didn't want to bring up on the show um, until I, I did a lot of that uh, deeper digging. There you go. Next week. Next week. We will have put it on time. the agenda. Um, then in the turnbuckle. I'm glad you brought it up. Cause we got to have, like want, a... we need to have like a video transition or something, but I'm we only one to... guy. Um, <sighs> And I can barely like you do don't have what. Have a lot of time on your hands. I can barely do what the old man expects of me for the podcast. So blah 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 blah. blah. But this past weekend was the Royal Rumble. 
Yeah. Um, I had to watch it a day late because of plans and WWE deciding Saturdays were better days for their pay-per-views or PLEs as they now call them. Premium live events because you oh. no longer have to pay for them. They're not pay-per-views. Right. I guess so. They're it's premium live network. events. Yeah. It's on the network or Peacock down in the States. Right. Um, that's something else. We have three things in the wrestling world that I want to talk about. There Let's start with positive news and the Royal Rumble. Um, what did you think of the of, of the show? Can I break it down into matches? Because it wasn't yeah. that many matches. So women's match, best women's I've rump- seen in Sorry, years. Women's, rump- women's Rumble match. W- women's Rumble match, best I've seen in years. Um, not, not only did we get a surprise return of Naomi, which was fantastic and, and highly rumored. I still thought, I still believe she was under contract to yeah, TNA. You did. Um, you did. I still believe she, she was, however, there is now a working relationship with TNA, um, because the knockouts champion appeared and this is now the second time that that has happened. Yeah. Because Mickey James in 2020, 22. 2022? Yeah, it was just a couple of years back. I don't remember. It's all yeah, blurred. It wasn't that long ago, um, but you're right. That was the yeah, first one. The first time. And it was uh, it was like, oh my God, they're actually acknowledging promotions outside of the WWE. But And, and then Jade Cargill um, coming Jade back. Jade Cargill. Or signing. Uh, that's a big it, well, free agent signing, even though I'm not a big fan of hers. Um, big, big. Um... So just for reference, Dom is my roommate. I was watching the rumble yesterday and he just popped in to kind of check in what was going on. Like he does every now and again. And number 24 happened, which was, um, Valhalla, the former, uh, Logan. She was wearing the horns. She was wearing the horns, which everyone thought was great. I still don't understand that. And then our truth, our truth came out (laughs) and Dom thought it was the stupidest, but most funniest thing in the world. It was hilarious. I loved it. Um, but one yeah, of the just, funniest segments of the whole entire show, two segments two. was both our truth. It was and, hilarious. And you know what's even better is I made sure Dom got to watch our truth actually in the Rumble. <laughs> that was hilarious. A men's Rumble. But so, not just sorry, not just that the the surprises were great. Jade Cargill debut, the right woman won because Bailey uh, winning just was so much such a shock. See, it wasn't a shock to me because I, she's yeah. built, they've built the storyline with her and damage control. So the whole story is going to be that she's going to go after Rhea. It will. Yes. And then I think she's going to turn on. The damage look control. on her face when there were the three were on the side of the ring and she, re, she realized, I mean, obviously she knew she was going to win, but that but look, she, you could just see it. You could just see that satisfaction that, the, what was the one the, thing that she hadn't done? Poop I've been through in the last two years, and really, it's been poop she's been through in the last two years, because they've kind of left her on the sidelines. And well, she was injured for a long while there as well. She was, but to see her kick, um, what's her name, off the side of the ring, and the smile she had on her face was just so. So good. It was so well done. I just loved start to finish. The whole match was so well choreographed from Jade picking up Nia Jax. Oh, I know Nia's what two something in weight. Gotta, gotta be at least 250. Like, she's a big lady, yep. and she, it was like 
not she didn't struggle to pick her up like she just picked her up and tossed her over the top rope it's and it, it's it's one of those things that so many it's an overused cliche in the wrestling world to me it was the equivalent of a woman's equivalent of Hulk Hogan slamming Andre the Giant it, despite it, was it being done despite it being done before we don't talk about that in the WWE yes. he was the first Hogan was the first one to slam Andre the Giants it was it was a big moment. It was one of those when I see her pick her up and it wasn't like she just kind of picked her up and threw, she picked her up, walked over oh. to the ropes and threw her. It was like, like holy crap, that woman's strong. Yeah. It, it, so huge. even though Jade didn't win it, they made a, they made her big. They, they, well, they put her over. And not just that. And, and it's something I messaged you about when I was watching it. Cause you had watched it. I wouldn't say live, but watch it this, the night of is that, they didn't rely on one single female coming back from the past. Not Alita, not a Trish, not Nobody. a Molly Holly, no one. If it was listen- all NXT or debuts or the actual stars. If you listen to Bailey's uh, post uh, press conference, post show press conference, and she alluded to that and she said, I don't remember ever having a stronger Ross female roster than we have right now um, yeah. that we could host a Royal rumble and not have to rely on anybody from the past. It's, it's insane. It's wild. Yes. Because so, it, like, great match. Yeah, I liked it. Great match. Top to start to finish. It was good. Probably one of the best rumbles since the 2020 rumble, the men's 2020 rumble. Um, yes. Where, yeah. We don't need to get into that, but yeah, yeah. men's 2020 rumble. So then, what was then that? they had the Roman Reigns World Championship match. Yeah, second, which I thought yeah. was really weird. First weird off, really weird, placement. weird placement. However, to me, it indicated two things: one, no surprises, no, nothing crazy happening no. in the match. Two, we were not getting The Rock to come out at all. No, and so, and that's probably why they put it there. Because if you put it on last, like you did last year, you have to assume there's a big angle happening like they did with uh, yeah. Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, and the Bloodline. Yes. You needed to put it somewhere where it still felt like a big match, but it wasn't a big match. And so it got that placement. It got second placement, which if I'm... I'm sorry, if I'm Roman, and I'm the other three men in that match, yeah. I'm pissed. And you, you can almost tell... It was almost like they didn't effing care. I didn't get anything out of the match. Like it was- no, I will I will disagree with that because I and I was watching it and I realized something. This the version of AJ Styles that we we saw in that match is Bullet Club AJ Styles. Yeah, that's the oh you don't think I'm motherfucking good enough? Yeah, I'm gonna go show you, and you're gonna put me in a match where no one else seems to care. I'm going to care. Yeah. Um. Or I didn't natural- like it. I just found it a typical WWE match. Um, I w- I don't like the WWE. It's a typical Roman match where yeah. they walk around, they take thirty minutes to do what you could do in five, and you have outside interference to win a match again. And it's just the same thing I've seen for the last what is it three years as Roman as a champion. Yeah, but we got it. No but we got it. But we got to eliminate Hulk Hogan from the record books, except we had Hulk Hogan open up the 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 Rumble. Yeah, wasn't that weird? 
No like, one n- for sorry, just for those who don't understand my hate, no one racist and complete dirtbag Hulk Hogan. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. So that match, I give it big thumbs down. Women's it match was, thumbs up. Then, then we after that, we the, had the Kevin Owen and Logan Paul. I'm going to give it a thumbs match. even. I think, and despite the ending, I think the match was great. And I will give Logan Paul this. I hate him as a human being and his brother as a human being. He's committed to being a WWE wrestler. He's, he's, he's good. I mean, he's got the moves. I'd he's, just... he's got the athleticism, but again, they had to, they had to do a screwy finish because you can't make anyone look bad. It's, it's just so typical of how WWE has been over but, the last five years or so years. And I was but hoping, I, do... I was hoping for a change with tri- uh, triple H in charge with, um, well, they, I mean, Levesque. they had to be fair with, with Triple H in, uh, sorry, Paul Triple H Levesque, as he's now being known as. Yes. Um, they're doing longer term storytelling. They're not just doing four weeks and, and shotgunning everything. It, but it's it, just, uh, it was an yeah. uh, match. It wasn't it great. Was. It wasn't bad. Uh, to see, for a middle of a Rumble pay-per-view. It was okay. That's, that's a, to me, that's a good match to have. Yeah. Again, Kevin Owens should be doing more, but he's, he's so solid that... Next week, you could say, hey, he's in an elimination chamber fighting for the championship. And everyone's like, he could win it. And then. Then you have the men's rumble. Which really is the spotlight match. It's the highlight match. It's the match everybody tunes in for. The woman's becoming more and more. Hey, this to me this year, this year. and, And I'll say this this year going into the women's rumble, there was. About 10 people that I could see winning. Yes. And if any of them won, I would like, make sense. You could do something with that. The men's rumble, there was two guys winning that rumble match. You knew and a it was long dark horse down, You knew it was gonna come down to punk and Cody. But so, there was nothing. But knowing that, but knowing that, knowing that, do you not build the entire story in the rumble about that? I'm sorry, like you and I put, I alluded to it earlier, the 2020 Rumble. Why not put a minute hated... two? No, again, I don't think that's a great idea. Punk cannot wrestle for that long. We can sit um, on the sidelines like normally does. But, but the 2020 Rumble, the reason why I brought that up earlier, because it was the best storytelling in a Rumble that I've ever seen. For two reasons. You might not remember the Rumble based on the year, but one, it showed how dominant you can book a superstar in a Rumble. And still make it interesting, because that was the rumble where um, where Brock Lesnar went in as the champion because no one was ready to fight Brock. And for the first fifteen people, he just eliminated them as yeah. if it was easy. And sitting next to the old man here, literally sitting next to the old man when Drew McIntyre claymored him out, he popped out of his seat, and we're watching at home. And he was complaining the entire time. I was a terrible rumble, the worst rumble he had ever seen. This is stupid. This is terrible. And then that moment happened. And I remember there's a little light bulb that went off in my head because I popped as well, not nearly as much as the old man, but that's what they wanted. They built the entire rumble for that moment. For you to pop for that and then pop at the end. So you put Cody in at first and you have him put Gunther or whoever you want and you have them be fighting I love what they did with Jimmy and Jay first. I think it that was, was a awesome. cool touch. But does that not now 
you don't need the match. You've had the match. It, the whole thing I thought was poorly orchestrated. Cause obviously, I mean, people like you guys do know it's fake, right? Shut yeah. up. Shut yeah, up. Here, tell you what, tell you what you go, you, let's go down to the ring. You turn, turn on your back and get in, get, get into the position and I will take a steel chair and hit you on the back. I'm not even going to go full charge on it. I'll do 50% charge with one of those steel chairs <laughs> just to make the noise. You tell yeah. me how real it is now. Exactly. Um, but I thought the whole thing was boring, ill-conceived, just bad by the book, by the coloring, by the books, number one and number two, they have a storyline coming in. They do a bit of a match. They, the, a heel comes in, they gang up on the baby face, a baby face comes out. They, they even the odds. A heel turns on a heel. Like it's it's again, it's as if they went, How can we do this in the most easy way possible to do? And started coloring within the lines. Yeah. It's <sighs> it was boring. Disappointing. Not Is only there... that, not only that, but they have they had an excellent opportunity to tell a story here. Yeah. Cody was in the rumble, was tired and beaten, and then punk comes in at now. Again, I've said this to multiple people now, not just you. Punk comes in at 30. Gets the reaction. If it's me booking it, I book it so Punk doesn't eliminate a single soul. He gets caught with a crossroads when he first comes in. He does his his normal what everyone gets when they first get into the ring. You have 10, 15 seconds of just big moves, Pepsi plunge, the the go to sleep, the high knees in the corner. Then he turns around and he catches uh, crossroads from Cody Rhodes. He goes into the corner and you almost forget about Punk. Comes down to the final four. It's actually the final five because you forgot about Punk. That's how long he's been out in the corner for. Help roll off to the side of the ring and, and chill on the side uh, on the ground. Yes. You have Cody eliminate everyone else in the final four, and you have Punk come in and you make it so Cody's exhausted and he's. I wouldn't do the full celebration, but I'd have him toss the guy over, or you have, um, like the Gunther. Uh, elimination where they're both teetering on the edge and you have them both go over and the announcer go, Oh my God, whose feet touch last. And then you have the bell ring and you have punk slide in and sit in the middle of the ring cross-legged because the entire place would have booed punk out of that building. Yeah, exactly. Because let's face it, no matter how much you want to put punk as a face in the WWE, you put him against Seth Rollins which you now no longer can do because a guy who's 45 and doesn't wrestle all that much apparently blows his triceps at any pay-per-view match he goes into nowadays. Oh, did you hear about that? Yeah, he's gone out. He's out now. Not at WrestleMania. I'm just reading it because <laughs> I thought I saw it flash up on my screen and WWE sources have confirmed to Fightful that CM Punk has sustained another injury. One hour ago, CM Punk confirms he tore his tri- triceps at Royal Rumble and will miss WrestleMania. Just stop. Just stop wrestling. You're an old man. <laughs> anyway, back to back to our regularly scheduled so, overtime uh, no, period. It was a terrible match. It was the another issue, and I saw it all over Twitter because I'm a music guy. When I hear the first sounds of a, someone's music, I should know who it is. Yes. This generic, plain Jane guitar riff over a synth music for every single person is exhaustingly boring. Well, we don't know who's who anymore. 
There's not the static. There was. There's, there's not- a video. There's a video of Seth Rollins in the crowd in character, not knowing who someone is coming out to the ring. Right. Whose music is that? I don't know. You like, think tell you me know you didn't me. know Hulk Hogan's music. Tell me you don't know CM Punk's music, Edge's music. You don't even have Cody to be a big Rose's name. Music. Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> right? Zack like Ryder. Like, you, I was... you knew them. You knew Zach them Ryder. by their entrance. Zack Ryder. Not a huge, not a huge no. name. If if there's we we have a handful of people watching right now. If one of them other than us knew who Zack Ryder was or Matt Cardona, I'd be surprised. Exactly. Exactly. Um the only cool part of the whole entire match was at the very end where Cody gets up on the ring ropes and he gives a shout out to the Young Bucks. It was so freaking cool. It was one of those moments where you go, did he just do that? Well, he's allowed I bet to you he gets shit when he gets back. He's allowed to now. Remember, they're not allowed to do this. Yeah, the Bucks but... aren't allowed to do this. It was an the obvious click, shout out. The click. Shout out to the, to the click? Bucks. To the click? Oh, yeah. They're the ones who started it first. Let's not forget that. Yeah. They're the ones yeah. running WWE now. It was a shout out to the Bucks. Come on. Well, yeah. He did He did the gun and he did the... Right? Um, it was awesome. I was, I was... The only time I smiled through that whole match was when he did that. It was like, that was cool, Cody. That was cool. Um, so yeah, yeah, I give the whole, um, if I had to rate it out of one to 10, I give it a five. And the only reason it gets a five is because of the woman's match was a nine. I think, I think a five is a, I was, I think a five is very, I think you're giving that. When you look at what was there? Four matches, four matches. One was good. One was great. One was shit. So if you give nine out of 10 for that one. Yep. And then the rest. I mean the Cody ma- or the um, Kevin Owens Kevin Logan Owens Paul match was probably a seven or an eight. Maybe uh, a see, seven. I'm, I'm I'm giving that a six at best. So I mean, I'll give it a five. I'll give it a five out of ten, which has failed in my books. Um, you had four matches and you and you you fucked up three of them. Yeah, really. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Other news I want to talk to you. Sorry, we're we're going yeah. very overtime way, here. Way late. Um, other news. Do we want to talk about that? No, no. I I did want to, but now we're we're too late. We're not going to talk about the the third thing. Um, the other news starting one year and 28 days from today. One year minus 28 days today. Thank you. Um, the WWE network will no longer exist in Canada. It will no longer be on Sportsnet. It will be on Netflix. That's kind of a... As well as Raw will be on Netflix in the United States. But WWE's entire catalog for the international audience from Canada to Mexico and beyond is going to be on Netflix. And it's again, a... post the uh, news conference, if you want to call it a news conference, Triple H talked about that. And... Um, he literally said, this is the biggest news coming out of the WWE in a very long time. He wouldn't talk about the other thing that we're not going to talk about. Um, he just re- plain refused to. Well, I don't blame him. I mean, what it's do you father, say? It's, right? his fa- it's his father-in-law. You're not going to... You can't say much at this point. No. And we shouldn't either. We'll deal with it when more when we have more time. Um, 
everybody's watching WWE and what they're doing. <clears throat> WWE was the first major streaming service, single source streaming service. Is that the right way to say that? Where yeah. uh, sport sport company t- took their product and put it all on on a streaming service, um, sole sole streaming service. Everybody's watching. <laughs> And when I say everybody, I'm talking all the big leagues. I'm talking the NFL. I'm talking well, so, NBA. I'm talking so MLB. That's also that's also not true. So I, I uh, because the NHL has had the NHL like you can get the uh, on the the but internet, not, but not solely. Like yeah, I can, I can. They, they, so that's that's a very stupid wording because that's not true. Well, it is because. I can watch hockey on on TSN. I can watch Raw on SmackDown or on uh, Sportsnet. Not anymore. Oh, it's when it comes to going to Netflix. Sorry, I thought yeah. you were talking the original WWE Network. Yeah, no, no. The, the original WWE Network was still the first in what they did. People were watching to see how successful they were going to be. Who else did That's it? A, the, to the NHL, extent that WWE did it. NHL and MLB. They were the first ones to do it. You could go online I and think- you could... NHL did it first. WWE was before that. Nope. I'm going to, I'm going to call you on that. I'm not positive, but I'm going to do some research. The wording, the wording WWE use, use, used, and still uses when talking about that is full service production. So basically they, the reason they have to add full service production is because they made the content, they produced it, and then they put it on the platform. True. So what NHL does is they have the, like Sportsnet, has the rights to the television, right? NHL says part of your rights package is we can stream it online and you get paid this percentage. They've now changed that just like WWE did. Now it's all under Sportsnet. Yeah. But anyways, NHL people are did watching it. to see what's happening now uh, yeah. with it all going online. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, I'm looking, uh, I mean, makes no, no difference to me. I, I have Netflix and... I'll watch it the same way I've always done. Well, and it's it's going to change how they do production as well because um, we watch AEW. I sometimes watch the AEW Fight TV feeds, which is the European broadcast, which means when they throw it a picture in picture, they throw it a commercial, it doesn't go to commercial. There is no commercials on the Fight TV broadcasts. Oh, yeah, okay. So what happens is you still get the broadcast, but it's usually like um, Excalibur usually takes a bit of a break it's uh, Shivani and Taz who do the commentary and it's a lot less structured. It's a lot more goofy and it sounds like they're just shooting the shit watching the wrestling show. Nice. I can't see W cannot see WWE doing that, but they also said that at Netflix confirmed that if you have the ads version of um, Netflix, you're going to get ads throughout your, throughout the live broadcast. Like you normally would. Have you so, heard it? So I, I know we're way over time. I'm going to go back to hockey. Chris just posted something saying the Canucks are already looking to rehome Zadorov. I haven't heard anything about that. I think he's. I think he's doing too many edibles again. Okay, carry on. Um, the you, you, I lost my train. Of, oh, if you're yeah, if you have the Netflix with ads plan, which is now going to be. Um, of their most recent uh, announcement, like their most recent press release, which is at the same time as, or the same day as the WWE announcement, 
uh, 40% of their new subscribers are on ad plans. Yeah. They're going to get ads during the live broadcast of Raw and SmackDown if you're an international. So how do they do their production? It's going to be different, but how different is it going to be? It, right. It, it's going to be, it's going to be like, there's a lot of questions that need to be answered. Right. Um, especially with, it's a 10 year, so it's a 10 year deal worth $5 billion. B, that is billion with a B. However, there is an opt-out clause at the end of five years from Netflix. There's a, sorry, there's a five-year opt-out from Netflix after year five. They can say, we're done, we're not doing it anymore. And um, that means the deal's only worth five years at $2.5 billion. There's also a 10-year add-on option from Netflix, meaning that this 10-year deal, this 10-year deal could be a 20-year deal. Yeah, exactly. It's huge. It's it's, it's is, huge money. What, it's not even huge money. It's that's how to me that's a terrible deal from the WWE's perspective, because in ten years your TV your rights for streaming are going to be that much more. Or it could Look be that what much they were. <laughs> but if it but if everyone goes to streaming, if NFL goes to Amazon and and Warner Bros does their own and everything, those that money is going to go up. They oh, might yeah. have screwed them. They might have been smart by getting in there first, but they might also screw themselves by being in there first. Yeah. But it's a position that the WWE's always been willing to take. Yes. Uh, on things like that. So definitely. But we've gone well over time. We've done almost half hour of extra gabbing today. Let's end it. Let's end it. Thank you so much for everyone who hung out tonight. Thank you so much to Matt Scares for taking the time and jumping on to discuss the Canucks at what I called the midseason check-in. We're past midseason, but it's as close as we're going to get. Enjoy the week of no hockey. Enjoy the All-Star game if you're into that, or enjoy the week of, of just relaxing and only listening to the rumor mill. We will be back here next Monday to talk about the All-Star game and maybe something we might have a very short show. We might have done an hour and a half tonight so that next week we when we do a half, half hour, hour it, it, it it's equaled out. But until then, follow us on X or Twitter or whatever it is you want to call it at HSP underscore pod underscore pod. That is uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, at HSP pod. Um, TikTok, which is slowly blowing up. So if you're following us on TikTok, please do comment. Leave a comment and uh, put Zadorov. I just, just put the comment Zadorov if you're listening to the show this late, uh, whether it's live, because I want to know if you're listening uh, and put it there. Are you good, old man? You look like you look like you're having aneurysm or something. I'm trying right? to figure out what you're doing here. <laughs> I'm doing the plugs at the end of the show that we have to do. God forbid if we ever get advertisers. This guy's going to be like, you can't do all this. It's time to wrap up. <laughs> However, you beautiful people have yourselves a wonderful night. Kuma, we bid you adieu. Goodbye. Smoke signal No telling where